always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance. Taking Welcome to this week's edition of the McKellar Golf the Podcast, or as some people have called it, the home of the resistance. Of the um, <laughs> my co-host, Jeff Shackelford. How are you doing, Jeff? The resistance. Wow, that's... Um, I don't know if that's really accurate uh i think i think we've uh we're just we're not contrarians or anything but anyway that we'll take it it's better than being called a homer and other you, you kiss are, ass related you are names definitely a contrarian i'm sorry mate uh, curmudgeon no there's a difference curmudgeon anyway the uh actually i was just responding to somebody on twitter they were just saying not in the slightest but uh but i do think that a healthy dose of skepticism um i think um uh, is required when uh, looking at all things in golf, especially at the professional level, there's a lot of uh, gaslighting goes on. I think uh, people who run golf these days appear to have uh, learned quite a bit uh, from the uh, Trump era uh, in terms of mm. saying stuff that they think and they do get away with. Anyway, that's my uh, view. Okay, well, there we're you just go. coming out firing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, listen, uh, before we crack on, um, I, I've got to remind people all the time, uh, we're not a podcast, we are... Uh, we are a magazine. McKellar is a magazine uh, with a podcast attached. Uh, it's a wonderful magazine covering all things golf. Actually, not a lot of uh, tour golf, Jeff. Uh, somebody pointed that out to me. How come the podcast is all about tour golf uh, and the magazine is all about the more... That's uh, a fair That's a fair point. It really is. Uh, yeah. uh, well, we, 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 come on now. How many podcasts discuss the keepers of the cup and the USGA <laughs> and implied and use the word jock sniffing? And I mean, come on. We have ventured into... Amateur golf and other pursuits. Yeah, can I just? <laughs> I was. I've got to be really careful here. I was in my travels uh, over the last week. I ran into a potential keeper of the cup. Uh-oh. We shall remain nameless. <laughs> anyway, I think I've managed to talk about it. Uh, oh. I, I I raised the point that you raised, Jeff, last week that the, the USG has eight hundred million dollars in the bank. They don't need to be going uh, scrounging around taking money out of people's pocket. They can spend their own money. Um, uh, anyway, uh, that was last week's show. This week's show, uh, quite a lot has happened, uh, Jeff. Firstly, uh, first big news. Oh, sorry, uh, McKellar Magazine. Please go uh, because we we're really proud of what the work that we do at the magazine. It's uh, it's quite unlike anything else in the world of golf journalism. It's beautiful writing uh, and stories that you might not otherwise read. For instance, um, our good friend Danny Garavelli uh, from Scotland uh, when it was the first writer to get uh, access to. Muirfield, um, as Muirfield tries to burnish its image in an attempt to get the Open Championship back there. Uh, so Danny went in and spent the day with the, the fine folks at Muirfield and wrote a wonderful cover story for issue six, which you can go to the website right now and uh, get a copy of it if you haven't already. Uh, that's McKellarMagazine.com. Uh, Jeff, uh, this week's show, the br- breaking news as we, well, there's lots of breaking news as we come on here on a Tuesday morning. And uh, Netflix has re-upped on uh, Full Swing. Did you did you see that? I did, and I read the press release and I noticed the major championships weren't mentioned. So I'll be interested to see uh, if that is the case again this year. I mean, they may have just announced and they'll, they'll button that up, but I thought that was telling, I thought it was telling that they mentioned it's going to be very uh, player driven again, which is very disappointing to me. I think I am again, you're going to of course profile players, but I'm a little shocked that they, yeah, the producer had thrown out in one of the interviews, uh, Chad Mum, about maybe really zeroing in on the Ryder Cup buildup and then the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And I, um, 
it looks to me like this is a tour. It's just, it's just, it's going to be a PGA tour this week on the tour uh, propaganda show with some swearing, and that's disappointing. I, I love the idea that 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 producer threw out there because you, you you need a, that's one of the things. I don't know what you've been hearing, but I've been hearing that from people like, eh, yeah, yeah, there were great moments, but it's like there's it was hard to hit that you know skip to the or go to the next episode button. <laughs> um, it doesn't have that that building uh, kind of thing that a uh, that a normal show should have, or even that the F one show has. You uh, you're one step ahead of me. You read the press release. Uh, that's a shame. No mention of the Ryder Cup either. I mean, I would have thought that that would. No, have been... I mean again, they may they may work out the details. They just had, but they did make very clear it's going to be a new cast of players, and uh, so we'll see. But yeah, these things are all moving pieces, and somebody might come to their senses, or or. But I I get the sense the tour is just very involved, and that's what they want. They want to uh, pimp players. The <laughs> Not pay- well. That was a little hard, but yeah, harsh. You know what I mean. They want they want a brand. They want a brand. The uh, That's what they do. Give me a one idea for an episode, then, if you want to tell, give that one idea for the producers. Um, pitch one for me. Yeah. Well, you mean specific to the writer? Well, part? no. Just give me a. I mean, I didn't. I didn't prepare you for the question but I just, i'm just wondering you're in a meeting pitch a show for the for the producer uh, i'm guessing somebody's going to get and say oh, we're going to have a max homer show i mean he's the obvious one isn't he uh very likable very marketable great player um you know i would like to see a show on on oh my god this sounds awful I would, oh, podcast wars i would love a show about uh golf podcast wars i would love to see good good versus uh who, oh, are the, who what's who are the 40 year old virgins? that's what youtube is for lawrence come yeah. on now netflix is no, putting no. all this money in these beautiful cameras and these amazing uh craftspeople in the business uh, let them go out and shoot real stuff not not faux influencer nonsense come uh, on well i i think it's quite as i say the 40 year old virgins at uh foreplay i'd like to see you know something about the hey players. they're hey hey they're in the players merchandise shop this week don't <laughs> knock them they used to rip the tour and now now they're the tours hawking their merch it's a it's a beautiful thing there's hope for p- peace in the middle east anyway the uh the other interesting thing about uh, Full Swing getting re-upped, I don't think the tennis one got re-upped. It did, it did. Oh, it did? You, yeah, oh, right. it's Sorry, in the press that. release. Yeah, they're very happy, and uh, they've, they've renewed both, which is, yeah, okay. The tennis one, I mean. Wow, yeah. Woo! Yeah, it's, uh, t- whatever I say about golf and parody, we've got nothing compared to the problems tennis has right now. I mean, the Indian Wells event, they, they've just got, they, literally, they need, really need somebody to step forward in that sport. Um. Uh, we're picking up a lot of uh, new listeners. We've always had quite a few listeners. Today. We're picking up a, a bunch of new listeners. But for new listeners uh, this week, the uh, we always start the show with a bit of kind of culture. What you been up to culturally? Anything? Uh, just you know, no, really, just trying to uh, prepare for the Masters and keep up with this uh, these exciting eligibility uh, discussions. And <laughs> of course, it's a it's a national holiday in Los Angeles or a city holiday, I guess you'd call it Sunday with the Oscars. So I got a I got a couple more movies to watch. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, I'm I'm I've got them uh, ready to go in the queue. the The best picture uh, likely uh, winner is is next on my list. The uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is a beautiful film, technically, but my God, Lawrence, you need a you need a Xanax the size of a hockey puck after watching that thing. <laughs> God, is it depressing? Beautifully, I mean, the craftsmanship and the unusual score, all that, fantastic, but. Yeah, so no, I'm excited about the Oscars. We got Jimmy Kimmel back, and uh, we're going to have a lot of jokes about uh, Will Smith. It should be uh, kind of like the old days of the Oscars. I see. Did, did you watch the Chris Rock 
special the other uh, no i've seen the yeah. clips yeah the uh that was okay i'm gonna watch it i think he lost it at the, at the last 10 minutes i mean that was the thing we everybody was tuning in to to see but i, I think he just got overwrought and kind of missed slightly missed but mm-hmm. i well the only thing the one thing he didn't miss was a uh, mr and mrs smith he absolutely quoted them we we went to see uh operation fortune guy Ritchie's new movie at the weekend at ah. the, the one thing uh we're actually going back to the movies, and the only reason is we're now going to these, you know, uh, there's a movie in uh, a movie theatre close to us. Uh, oh, and it's, with like cushiony seats it, it's, and service. It's, and... Well, there's no, well, there is kind of service. It's, no, it's a great experience. I We absolutely <clears throat> love it. So we went to one in the city the this other is... night, uh, to the Kabuki in uh, on Fillmore in San Francisco, and we went to see Operation I, I kind of slept through the middle part. I slept through Act Two, but I didn't. I didn't appear to miss very much. Uh, anyway, uh, there you go. Well, that you, you're part of the premiumization uh, concept. That, that a word that our guest later on in the show drops, which uh, the New York Times recently noted, has just become the the new buzzword du jour on the uh, con- on the uh, analyst calls for Wall Street. So. Uh, I got to work on the pronunciation, though. It's a little, it's a little tough to, to say. But yeah, so you're you're fueling the premiumization concept in oh, the movies. Well, I think it's just much nicer to watch at home. But wow, how much much more social? Person. I don't like people that much. That could be why. <laughs> that's, that's Especially right. ones who chew on popcorn like it's the last bite they're ever going to take in their life, and they're going to really savor it. I'm not sure there's popcorn around at this, the movie theaters. Oh, well, not <laughs> maybe at your premium theaters, but yes, at the regular movie houses. Uh, here, uh, on to golf, Matters Golf. Uh, at the weekend, I saw you on Twitter ranting, well, not ranting's the wrong word, but you, uh, the contrast between NBC's coverage and CBS coverage yeah. of the golf is, is quite something, isn't it? Well, speaking of movies, I mean, that we, we talked about how cinematic those CBS shows were. And that was not a word that that uh, you came to mind watching watching the Bay Hill show. I mean, it was just rough. Saturday was brutal with commercials. Sunday they started a half hour late, and and you know I thought about it more on Monday. That was such an interesting final round. And I, you know, the CBS events this year. The thing that I took away, not just the visuals, but after the event watching, you really did feel like you watched a little film. And this you. I, it took me about a day, and I went, my God, that was a really wacky final round. And I, I, it just felt like it's kind of we're there, and we showed it, and we got in our obligations. And I mean that, and that's a, I don't know how you detect that with a with a golf tournament, but I mean we know that's what makes the Masters great. Is you those great Masters, you feel like it's almost as if somebody scripted the whole thing the mm. last day, and it came together so perfectly. The music, the visuals, and. And CBS has been doing that on a on a weekly basis lately, and then this was just um, this was rough. And and uh, and Jay Monahan, first question out of the gate today <laughs> was about commercial load, and and uh, you know he just went into the stuff about our great partners and blah blah blah. And and uh, but that tells you a lot. That's a first question out of the gate. I mean, anyway, we know how those press conferences work. It could be just who happened to be called on, but uh, I think it says a lot that people are recognizing. What a what a mess uh, NBC's become, and it's it's because of those commercials and all the obligations and. Uh, but Lawrence, I mean, they they didn't even have Tracer on the on the yeah. tees. They they've gotten caught up. They have to sell a sponsorship, and they have it on the iron shots. Who gives a crap about yeah. on an iron shot? You need it on a tee shot out there, and and we saw some quackers and be <laughs> speed hit a couple. Uh, Kitayama. I mean, it's not it's easy to hit an OB on nine at 
at Bay Hill. That that'll be as close. It's not, but still, I mean, they were immediately waving. Thank God we, you know, saw that. But and then Rory had a just a, a doozy off of uh, I can't. Was it fifteen? Maybe anyway. Uh, and you know, that's where the tracer. Like I can't believe they can't afford to have the tracer now uh, on the tees. It's CBS had it on practically every tee shot on the West Coast swing on the back nine. Anyway, the uh, yeah uh, yeah. I'm not sure any tracer would have been capable of uh, of of controlling Spieth or getting a, get a handle on where Spieth was hitting. He was, uh, he was. Well, up. but no, but it's it. But it, to our point, you know, they want to give all this money to players and put all this money in purses. And and again, the partners don't have. Well, NBC's a different beast because they're just they're, the accountants run things. But the the point is, it's part of the telling the story of the tournament and the visual and you know getting younger and all that crap and looking cool and and i yeah frankly i believe the trackman numbers would be great and i'm not sure azinger would would take those and do much with them but uh i don't know that i don't know how much he knows uh launch data but uh and i will say by the way i thought he's been he was he was fantastic he's real i I just he's got his i don't know if he got a uh, i mean it started last year and he's he's kind of back to the old paul throwing out some some really strong opinions and quick observations. And uh, I don't know, maybe he just senses that uh, the rest of the team's a little bit nervous right now. Cause they got so many new people and they weren't, they weren't very good. The um, Kurt, one, one by Kurt Katayama. Uh, I, uh, yeah, fantastic. I've taken a strong interest in him uh, since, oh, for years and years because he was at UNLV when my good pal Phil Rowe was the associate head coach there. Ah, um, nice. Uh, but he had a great career trajectory. Again, I'm not breaking any news here, but I think it was about eight tours he played on. I remember he went off yeah. to, I don't know how he got into it. He must have got an invite or something. He went and played, I think he won the Fiji Open or something like that. St- virtually second week on the European tour. Oh, no, I think he got through Q School. And and he, he won these, you know, good on him. I mean, it's a great. I mean, I say to any young kid coming yeah. out of college, you know, go and do it. What I mean, he's been all around the world, he's played everywhere. He's experienced every condition, every yep. grass. Every, it's a wonderful uh, to build a base for your for your golf game. Yeah. Uh, you know, if your ultimate goal is to go at the PGA Tour, I mean, you you go and do what Kitty Allen has done, uh, and you're going to be a hell of a player because let's face it, his technique isn't uh, isn't uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for uh, traditional. Um, or orthodox, but uh, he's a hell of a player, uh, and I, I would expect a guy like that to. He seems like a pretty good guy as well. Yeah, no, he's fantastic, and you're right. It's one of those things again. You can't really uh, quantify what all that does traveling the world, and and uh, we'd see his name pop up, you know, on the European tour there in like 18, 2019, and with the American flag, you're like, who the who's that? Yeah. What Americans over there? But <laughs> yeah. you just have to think the way he played down the stretch and managed. Uh, you know, it's such a weird golf course. Uh, in, in it just it, it's it makes you feel awkward, and the shots are sometimes awkward, and the rough's brutal. And it was like he just was not he just did not seem phased by much. Even the well, Dan Hicks drove the point home. You know, both days on the weekend he hit one out of bounds uh, and overcame that on on the weekend. That's pretty. Uh, that's not easy to do. Yeah, imagine taking a triple. Yeah. In the final round, it's still winning. That was uh, yeah. really impressive. Uh, Tim, you, I, I'm sure, well, I might mischaracterize your views here, but you're not a huge fan of Caddy's making it, you know, Caddy's being big players on, uh, on the stage, but I think that guy, Tim Tucker, really knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, he really does. He was a guy uh, on, on Kitty Yama's bag. 
<laughs> suffered through working for for uh, uh, Bryson for, for for a couple of years before deciding uh, no that, that's enough. Uh, so good on him. Good anyway. So I, I, as a yeah, as no, a, he did a they had some nice sound of yeah, him. Yeah, great. And you were you were and and it was impressive kind of how he would. Uh, I, I I liked what he was doing in terms of making sure that that his guy yeah. was set on the shot he was going to hit, and that that's great stuff. It's when they yeah when they go on and on and and uh, I thought it was yeah it yeah. was impressive work by uh, him, especially on eighteen. That was brilliant. He was just yeah. spit, he was spitting out numbers and yeah, give me a practice swing. That was really quite yeah. Cool. That was fascinating, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think- uh, I, uh, I'm sure you if you ever get rehired uh, by now maybe you'll <laughs> you'll try that, but I I don't feel like that's happening. Very, very quickly, the Puerto Rico Open was won by, I, I'm really bad at the pronunciation, Jeff, very quickly. What was it? Who, who, who Nico won? Echevarria. Right, thank you. Colombia. Uh, uh, very, uh, I only bring it up because the guy from the second, actually, Batia is, I go on about the AGGA bullshit, uh, how it's terrible for the development of young players. However, uh, Batia is the quintessential AGGA superstar, won everything, you know, he'll show up and he win by 10 every week at the AGGA. Uh, didn't go to college, turned pro at the 17, and lo and behold, he's got his PGA Tour card. Temporary membership uh, for his second place finish um, on Sunday. Uh, it just goes to show you, Jeff, there, there are many, I guess we're talking about Kitayama, and here's who went the untraditional route, and then Batia, who's gone this uh, fairly orthodox route, and, and they're both kind of got there at the same time. Well, obviously, Kitayama's a bit further ahead. And now you're on the record having said something positive about the AJGA. Oh, Moving li- right along. Right. Uh, the other thing, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, I, w- I went up to Meadow Club yesterday to watch the Julie Inkster Invitational uh, Women's College Golf. Uh, our guest, I guess we should say, our friend of the pod this week, Joe Ogilvie, uh, we won't give too much away, but he did mention, we, you did ask him a good question. Uh, if he was going, to, if he was an investor in golf, where would he put his money? And he did say uh, uh, women's golf. And I have to say, Jeff, it was brilliant. It, the player, the golf was great. We spent most of our time following, obviously, like uh, the other three people who were there. Uh, Rose Zhang at Stanford, uh, world amateur number one. She is a, she's not a overly impressive looking player. I mean, it doesn't make a different sound coming off the face. She hits this kind of two yard push draw, but my goodness, she doesn't miss a shot. And oh, it's uh, it's just she was great to watch. She was playing with the. Um, Amari Avery, who mm. uh, remember her from the short game? Remember that terrible documentary? Yeah. Uh, USC. She was hitting all over the place, but my goodness, she 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 got up and down. It was it was really brilliant. Uh, I thoroughly recommend it. Um, the other thing was chatting to chatting to Tiffany Joe, uh, USC former LPGA Tour player who was uh, who was uh, who's now the USC assistant coach. Mm. Uh, the coaches were really friendly and talkative, and the players were really uh, friendly, and it was a brilliant, brilliant, uh, a brilliant way to spend an afternoon. So much so that um, our young Niall, you know, basically blew off art exploration class at high school this morning. I went back up to watch, spend another morning at Meadow Club watching. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure he was entirely going for the golf, but anyway, we'll leave it at that. Um, but it was really a, a, a great experience. Uh, and 
the golf courses are great. I, 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 you've seen, have you, have you been to Meadowbrook? Of course, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of back from the drought and everything's. I mean, I know Tully held it together. Oh. But it's, <laughs> it's, but I mean, it was it was ravaged by the drought. It, it was just down to no turf, so it's everything's kind of back, I assume. And is there snow visible, by the way? No, this, I don't, no, this it's no, melted already. Yeah, it's melted already. Actually, Tully, it, there was a rain delay yesterday. It was teeming down. It was kind yeah. of Scottish, actually. A real Scottish day up there in, uh, in the hill above Fairfax. Uh, Tully was there. Uh, the great Sean Tully, for those who don't know, superintendent of grounds. I think that's what's his title. I think that's it. oh yes, yeah, he's something he's, director of yeah yeah. You know these titles. These <laughs> but he's he's the superintendent. He's the man. Uh, he was there. He was fretting uh, because of the, the, had so much water. Uh, but the the course looked you know, amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, just amazing. Uh, it's a great golf course. It's a private club, so I can't recommend people that go out and. Uh, you go and have, you book a tea time. That's not happening, unfortunately. No. Uh, but it's a really uh, great golf course, a great place for uh, the women to showcase their games. Um, it finishes, uh, well, we're t- speaking here on a Tuesday morning. And then a bit, uh, uh, the final round was this morning. Uh, actually, because of the ruling, actually, yeah, Stanford are leading. You you won't be surprised, I know. But there's some really good players uh, for people to watch. Obviously, Rose Zhang is one to look out for in the future. Um um, uh, Rachel Heck was not playing, right? She's not, got, a, yeah. she's done for the semester. It sounds like, yeah, uh, or she, quarter or whatever they're on. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but she's not not stopping her rolling up the uh, NIL uh, deals. I saw her last week. She's out with the, I think it's the army now or the air, one or the other. I think it's the air force. Oh, she's <laughs> now uh, pushing the air force. Uh, so good for her, uh, making some money, um, NIL money. Um, but I tell you, there was one player really, really impressed me. It was uh, Antonia uh, Malati, Malati, I think, from San Jose State. She was playing with uh, with Zhang and uh, Avery. She looks a proper player. I was chatting to her dad, and uh, you know, you know, she's one of these. She's a fifth year now. I think this mm. is her final year. But she's she was a basketball player and didn't play a lot of golf, and as a junior, and just came through the ranks. And now she looks a a real potential star. Really. I- Sorry, how was how was the pace of play? The pace of play uh, it was really hard, Jeff. Simply because of the the weather. rain delays, the weather, and uh, it, it didn't strike me as atrocious. Uh, it yeah. didn't strike me as fantastic, though. I have to say that. Well, um, I know they're trying a lot harder than than the men's pro game, but uh, that's, I'm just curious what they what their steps they were taking to speed things up. Uh, well, because the, uh, there was a you know kind of a stunning little tweet from Doug Ferguson <laughs> about the PGA Tour uh, on a single venue golf course not having finished uh, a 36 hole cut since last November on time. Uh, so I'm just curious what the college folks are doing these days to. Well, Move them around a little faster. Well, they do the ready golf thing. Uh, you know, yeah. if you if you put your hole out first, you run to the next tee. But, but it didn't really oh. work at Meadow Club. Similar, similar because yeah. uh, the tees, the greens, and the tees are so close together. So you know, uh, so it was hard hard to do that. What I did notice, and different from the men's college game, that the the, uh, the coaches weren't you know over discussing every shot with the players. Mm. Uh, they're f- much more distant than the coaches in the men's game. Uh, huh. men's college golf so I really like that interesting um, so, so so that kind of kept things moving along there's nothing worse I'm sure it might change in the final round when things get tight but uh, you know on day one it was uh, very refreshing it was a, just a brilliant I loved Good. it oh by the way just I just well, I mean, yeah. yeah one other thing is a, a shout out um, my pal friend of McKellar uh, Maddie Shields is the uh, associate head coach of uh University of Col- the Buffs, the University of Colorado Buffaloes, 
Um, so um, followed their team a little bit. Bumped into uh, one of the players, Halen Harris, who has a nose ring. Has just last month put in a nose ring. I thought, wow, this is awesome. Uh, so she's she was really cool. Uh, good to t- chat to her. Um, good player as well, actually. Um, anyway, just a great experience. If anybody's listened to this, I've never gone to a college event. The other thing, Jeff, I go on about all the time is watching golf from down the line. It just doesn't get any better. Literally, you're 15 yards behind Rose Zhang, 15 yeah. yards behind Amari Avery, and it's, uh, it's such a different experience. Stuck you know, 30 yards off to the side behind a rope. I mean, my goodness. Uh, it's um, Anyway, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, great experience. Uh, if you get the chance, you listen to us, you get the chance to go to college uh, tournament, do it. You, you will not regret it. You will absolutely love it. You might even be, as I say, like Nile, my 17-year-old son, went back out today. He couldn't get enough of it. Um, great stuff. Uh, moving on, it's the Players' Championship this week, Jeff. Um, I ask you this all the time. Explain the, uh, or maybe you don't think it's brilliant, explain the brilliance of uh, of uh, TPC Sawgrass, or do you think it... Uh, I, I think it was brilliant at one time. I think it's been over, over manipulated too many cosmic, uh, cosmetic, cosmic, cosmic, (laughs) (laughs) well, cosmic surgeries as well. Um, too many cosmetic surgeries. Now it's back to a ryegrass, uh, high rough thing. Uh, the superintendent's one of the greatest in the world, Jeff Potts, but it's just not, um, it's not a. It would be so much better without rough and the ball running into sandy areas and pine scrub. And they just love their ryegrass down there. And they, yeah, they have eight hundred dollar tee times now, so they've got to present all bright green. Yeah, it's the most expensive green fee in the country. Did you know? Yeah, I didn't it, know it, that. Yeah, there's been some people posting the numbers on Twitter. They've done a. Uh, oh well, speaking of the premiumization concept, but the what what do they do with the the ticketing models now? There's a name for it as well. Where, a, a di- um, dynamic pricing, I think it is. Dynamic pricing model, of course. How could I forget that one? Uh, that joyful thing that's gouged me multiple times. Uh, the uh, so they're doing that with the green fees, I think, and uh, I don't know what that exact tie-in is with the Marriott. If that's required, maybe those higher green fees are for those who don't stay at the at the the lovely sawgrass uh, Marriott, but um, so uh, the green grass obsession is, yeah, you, you, yeah, they're just they're just in another world down there. Again, it's a marketing organization; it's not a golf organization, and so they they could care less what uh, message that sends. They could care less about the architecture. It's about the resort play and green grass and uh, the new the new entrance, which is trying to be like Augusta. I mean, that's the ultimate thing is they've taken a Pete Dye course and tried to make it like Augusta. We got rose bushes on the 17th. We've got flowers, and it just went from swamp golf to uh, want to be Augusta, and it shouldn't be it. And then then they wonder why the tournament doesn't quite differentiate itself. Um, and then you know they take driver out of the players' hands a lot, and. That that always can lead to to trouble in terms of uh, a tournament just not feeling. I mean, I think that's part of the reason we don't see a lot of repeat uh, champions or people contending consistently there. It's everybody has kind of a, a strange record on that course. Part of it is, of course, the move from May back, March to May back to March and different grasses and different winds and styles and and all that. But it it. Um, it's entertaining. It's a. I mean, I love the 16th hole. It's a fantastic par five. Uh, but I think that was Pete Dye really at his best was doing par fives. He, he, that was really his. Even though he kind of did the same thing, you know, one shot 
right to left, one shot left to right, yeah. and he'd flip it. But it, 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 it worked. You know, there's formulas that work, and he, why not stick with it? And he kind of did. And the two back nine par fives are just uh, incredible there. And, I mean, even the second hole is, but it's just so short now for them that unless there's a, a wind, it, this time of year they can at least get some wind. So, you know, it's it's – I really liked it in May. I just thought it was more festive. I thought the Bermuda worked great. They had a little trouble with some of the greens and rough winters, but I, I just don't know if um, this date works for it. Uh, the weather forecast is better. It was really grim for the weekend about a week ago, and now it's gotten better, thankfully. Um, anyway, so no, it's it's good viewing, and uh, I'll be flipping, uh, you know, at the end between the, the players and, uh, you know, the, the, the red carpet uh, nonsense, you know, because it's L.A. We have to partake in it. It's our obligation here. Um, the uh, the precursor, uh, the uh, friend of the pod this week, Joe, 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 we speak to Joe basically about the proposed changes that keep that were leaked out last week um so that's a longer discussion on the subject but i guess um we spoke to joe yesterday and jay Moran did his pre-players uh press conference this morning actually a few players did rory i didn't see much of rory um, yeah i mean but, it's too early for us on the west coast yeah, yeah. um but i did see uh, john ram i tell you what um he seemed he kept on referring to the fact that he was not consulted and uh you know he just you know, gets handed down to, to him. He's the world number one, by the way. He seemed to me, Jeff, I don't know if he saw it, but he seemed to me to be extremely pissed off. Well, I think we know what the problem is. John is, um, uh, I mean, I, you know, he has his moments, but he's a world golfer. He wants to be an all-time great golfer. He wants to play around the world. Um, even though he's got a young family and he's made very clear he loves being at home and being a father and all that. Uh, he has big ambitions, Lawrence. He he wants to conquer the the planet, and uh, no, and I'm saying that in a complimentary right. way. Okay. You're laughing, and and so what's become clear in this model is that they want this to be an American yeah. enterprise. So they do not want to hear from a guy who's going to go wait, wait 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 a second. Why can't we make one of these? Why 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 don't we have a a, a two of these events uh, sometime around the Open Championship and help our friends in Europe and uh, help <laughs> help uh, get some of our guys outside the country and seeing the world and it might be good for them and it will gr- yeah I mean that's what we get into in our conversation with Joe that 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 is so amazing in this and i i'm beginning to get a, a little bit of a theory after jay monahan's press conference today obviously we know they're just some guys on the tour who who are just very happy playing in the united states i get it short travel better life fine but they are they are giving the rest of the world to whoever wants it and it and from a business perspective and that's why it's fun listening to joe and reading you know between the lines a little bit and also just him coming right around saying it, it uh, that's just bizarre to me. And, and that could be driven by sponsors. You know, they may just have the people who are coming to them are just saying, oh, we don't care about the, the international audience. AT&T may not care about selling uh, subscription plans uh, in, in Europe or, or Asia. Uh, it's not their business. So, okay, great. But there, are, you'd think there are sponsors who, who would want them to get outside the United States. But anyway, that, that's, that's part of it. Um, but I thought just a, a small thing, it was telling in Jay's uh, introductory remarks, he never, uh, these are the scripted ones, he did mention them later on, he never mentioned Discovery 
and the streaming deal with them. He mentioned a lot about the partners in media. He never mentioned that one. And, you know, that deal really has collapsed. Uh, they did kind of, I guess, manage to con- convince us that it's still going to be on, on streaming. But that was a one Wait, was it a one point? No, it was more than it was a two billion dollar deal. Um, and it was one hundred and seventy sixty five, seventy million dollars a year. And that money, I think, has has really gotten whittled down to very, very little, um, which we always knew was going to be an issue in this. So it's that was a huge revenue source for pumping up these pips and other other these emergency funds and, and all that. And so. I don't know how much of this lack of interest in the rest of the world is driven by the fact that that deal has died uh, or if it's just this sort of lack of desire to travel. Um, but either way, to your point or to the point, I, I think that's why John Rahm doesn't get invited to these <laughs> the, the Delaware summits. I mean, God, now Jay even mentioned Delaware like it's, you know, like like it's one of the great all-time uh, uh, peace conferences in the history of, uh, of world uh, conflicts. The um, When I tweeted this morning, I, I, if I'm Mr. Live Golf, I'm and I'm trying to peel off one player, one big, big player, I mean, Ram is definitely the guy I'm targeting. He is, uh, he is not content. That much is clear. By the way, English is his second language. His uh, use I know. Of, it's just astonishing. I know. His use of uh, the idioms and, and the nuances of what he's saying. He's saying stuff that he wants you, he wants interpreted. You know, so, you know, he might say, you know, he wants to convey how how annoyed he is about all the way this has been done. Yet he uses the, his second language in such a way, it's it's so admirable. Uh, I just... Really, really impressed by the guy. Speaking of, uh, I thought Jay's use of the the ESPN Plus uh, demographic as uh, evidence that golfers. I mean, that was talk about a reach. You know, uh, we you know we've got ESPN Plus. I really quite like the the uh, the tour coverage simply because you turn on a feature group and you and you just see how many bad shots these guys hit and how brilliant they are of making pars from the middle of a bush. I, I just, I really, I, I really dig that. But I thought, Jay but was how a, many people are really watching that? Well, I, that I, is my point. You know, no, I mean none. And how many of the, uh, you know, how many of the ESPN target demographic? I can't remember. I think it was twenty three, forty four. I mean, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody in that demographic uh, w- watching PGA Tour live. There just isn't. And for him to sign, to kind of hitch his wagon to that as evidence of the PGA Tour broadening its audience base is just uh, ridiculous. I, I, I mean, we don't have much time, Jeff, but I, I mean, we could go through blow, but some real, I thought there was some pretty good questions. I thought Doug, Doug Ferguson asked a very smart question about a, t, a two t, two-tier tour. That's hard to say. I yeah. I, I think my mother and Monaghan, I mean, I thought it was a fairly, I'd give him six out of 10 for his performance, which is up in his usual three and a half out of 10. But uh, when he struggles, he just rambles. Uh, yeah. When the question is good, he, he kind of rambles. There's a very good question uh, from Jamie Weir Sky uh, about the DP World Tour. Uh, where does the uh, strategic alliance uh, fit in, in in all of this? And Jay's uh, answer was just garbage. If I'm sitting at, uh, at Wentworth HQ for for the DP World Tour, I'm thinking I'm pretty worried. 
Um, well, he mentioned Keith Pelly was has been there, there for the last four days, and uh, it is back to the strategic alliance. The operational joint venture partnership appears to be uh, dead, so that was nice. They've they've tightened the wording, but I uh, the specifics seem still rather uh, light and shaky and bizarre. Uh, I mean, we're just, it just isn't a big lift here we're talking about uh, either that's necessary to help. It's it's a it's let's just get a couple let's get the Scottish Open and another one as designated things and get our network TV partners in line and and we'll let's start with that and we'll build from that like they just can't seem to do that and then this new WGC light thing without the world is um, it's amazing it's it's uh, I I that to me was the, my biggest takeaway is just sort of the the answers on the death of the WGC. And it's something that in our conversation with Joe, I don't want to spoil it, but it, well, I just think there's some really eye opening stuff here that, and I sense problem, my guess is after today's press conference. And when you see Austin and match play in a couple of weeks, yeah, they're going to be people like us who lament the end of match play again uh, on the PGA tour. But I just think when you see, how festive that event is again, this, you know, completely ageist marketing organization that the tour has become uh, abandoning this event that has got this young vibe. One of the, or the, I believe it is the fastest growing city in the United States. Uh, just so much money in that town. Uh, and just, just a great success story that somebody finally made the match play work. Yeah. And, we're saying goodbye, and we're saying goodbye to WGCs. I mean, that gibberish today uh, when he was pressed on it about the model or the WGC concept, Alex Michelli asked it, uh, and you, it, I think it's going to make people ask more questions. Like, well, what, why wouldn't you have just continued these new de- designated event model, the, the, the Dems, as WGCs <laughs> and, and, and brought in the European thing and brought in – some of the world that way. I mean, it's not ideal. You'd still, we would love them to go around well, the world, but okay, forget the leaving the United States part. You st- more than ever, that concept that Fincham created as an answer to Greg Norman is relevant, and they're walking away from it without yeah. a good explanation. Uh, that just it's just it's very peculiar. Well, that was one of his uh, criticism, not criticisms, but implied criticisms of the WGCs that the were the fields were too. Uh, too full of overseas players. Yeah. yeah, there weren't enough American players. Well, and that's what happens when the players are running the show, and and you have guys who are very good at what they do because they're very self-involved. And so when it comes to business and big picture stuff, naturally they're going to gravitate to the thing that that protects their own interest. And that's where a strong commissioner has to kind of think big picture. And I just don't think he's in a place of strength right now to do that. I think he's just trying to keep his job. And, uh, but I am, I'm disappointed in, in if, if it's true that Tiger and Rory are the ones driving this, that they're not, you know, they're two guys, especially Tiger, uh, when he was able to, who did, who did get around the world. Um, and yeah, there was money involved and all that, but he didn't do it just because of the money he did. I think he had a sense that, that was part of, of of building his legacy, and he knew that Jack Nicklaus did it uh, when travel wasn't as easy, and Gary Player did it. And so I'm a little I'm I again we're not inside the Delaware Summit, but um, I don't know who's driving it, but it, they're they're always mentioned as the people who are the the key influencers on this uh, on this stuff. 
The uh, just a couple of points in the DP World Tour. I, I don't think the staff there should be too uh, disconcerting. Jay did say that that we as a team are rolling up our sleeves to build the partnership. Oh, the old rolling up the <laughs> sleeves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, the other thing about I mean Tiger, remember Tiger went to Thailand. Remember that great yep. event, you know Tiger and 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 Ernie had that incredible. Was it Tiger? No, it was yeah, I think it was. It was Tiger. Anyway, but just brilliant. And that's actually Jay was asked today. Canazaro, Mark Canazaro, our good friend, uh, asked him about growing the game, and he was just. I mean, he doesn't like Canazaro uh, because they they perceive Mark to be because Mark's skeptical about uh, the PGA Tour in many ways. Oh. Uh, so he, he he didn't he was he was pretty gruff with his answer, but he Mark asked about growing the game and Jade basically sneered, uh, said we're growing the PGA Tour. So that that really says it all. I thought that was quite well, telling. And and yeah, to step back from all this and you know again not to get too a, a down in the weeds on the tour and uh, because we want to think of the game in general, but just you just kind of again and I've written about this on on the in the newsletter about the RNA, the USGA, Augusta National, and the PGA of America. We roll our eyes when they use the grow the game phrase, but they're actually backing up the idea that, yeah, we're we're having to give these guys more money and we're doing these things and we make a lot of money off corporate stuff and we're but they are trying to do things to give back to the sport. And the thing you when you really step back from all this discussion right now with the tour and the players is they're they're digging in on themselves and they are really really closing in and and tightening that ship and getting so far away from caring one uh, or two hoots about the rest of the sport and um, so I was glad that he got some 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 questions on that and I think the answers I've got to go back and read them but it, I think it's telling how little. I mean, yeah, you know, we used to roll our eyes, Lawrence. Yeah, Tim Fincham wheeling out the first tee and different stuff. But my God, it's refreshing now. There was, if even if it was just for optics, yep, there were attempts to say, hey, we're we're we're, we're thinking beyond ourselves here a little bit about just kind of, and and we know that if you do, you put that good stuff out there, even if some of it's uh, for 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 tax purposes or for uh, optics and and looks. Um, it's good for you as a as an entity. It, it makes people like you more. And the tour's in danger of really looking like this isolated thing that got threatened by Liv. And instead of they're going, they could have gone two ways. And they're going the way that is a little bit concerning. I'd say it's it's. I don't think it's the right right uh, direction, especially right now where they. I think they've got a strong hand and and they're acting like they don't um yeah uh, and 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 jay as well again we're, we're it's coming up uh our conversation with joe joe Ogilvy. uh jay seems to uh, maybe the pg tour is overreacting to a danger that's diminishing i, I asked joe about that but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that um anyway we're not gonna do a minute by minute of uh jay monahan's no, press conference. No, no. Uh, it's, yeah it'll yeah. all change anyway uh, well of course <laughs> just very quickly love rory who doesn't love rory really so appealing in every kind of way but you know what and i think he is getting a bit he kind of from what i read of his presser this morning he does appear to be getting fed up with it i can't believe it's <laughs> taken this long I yeah mean, he's well just a saint not to have gone guys i've had enough yeah okay yeah i'm gonna give you a few statements and then we're we're no more and right 
Yeah, he's he's just too good of a sport. He should have shut it off a while ago. Yeah, and I think I think he's ready to. But uh, I remember when Rory didn't show up. I'm I'm old enough to remember Jeff when Rory didn't show up to the players. Right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I know. So maybe in ten years' time, his view of all this. What's well, how about right? the, oh, we have to talk about Bamberger's question? Oh. I don't know where he's going with this. At uh, Jay. <laughs> Jay was really, and understandably so, kind of like, well, okay. Uh, he asked him if he saw Rory someday hosting a tournament <laughs> like Tiger Jack and Arnie. And like, okay. I mean, I get it. He's got a piece he's going to write probably about Rory, but oh. too soon. Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, even J- Jay choked on the vomit in his throat at that, that question. Yeah. But you be careful. You don't take the dean of the golf beat's uh, name in vain. Uh, Jeff, so oh no, I, I, you know, I think the world of him, um, Bamberger, and I, I know what he's doing. He's writing a piece, and he's at, he's throwing. I mean, it was a, it's an interesting concept, but it's yeah, it's a little too soon, I think. Uh, to... Actually, I would, I would much, uh, I would much rather we had the Peter Malnati Invitational. I think that on the PGA Tour schedule, that would be the one for me. Uh, well, he certainly made the rounds uh, oh, last week. Yeah. He, he was definitely the designated, uh, I mean, to, the designated spokesperson of the designated event model. Yeah, he better be careful. He better be careful what he asked for. Because uh, Ro- actually, Rory, Monahan, very quick. Monahan brought the fact that Rory was at a seven-hour committee meeting last Tuesday. And then seven, seven hours. hours. But, hey, but hang on. <laughs> but then almost won won at Bay Hill on Sunday. Missed by a shot. I mean, that is uh, anyway. I think Rory. I, I just cannot believe that he had to sit through a seven hour meeting. That's ridiculous. These people are really. There's something that that's just not right. Anyway, <laughs> right. We should uh, wrap that in the head, Jeff. We, yeah, uh, we've got uh, a great guest. Yeah, we need to. Uh, you know. You know. I. We're we're obviously giving you away. We've already done the interview. But Lawrence, you know, I, I I I woke up thinking about some of the things Joe said. You know, he it's amazing he has that uncanny ability like Jeff Ogilvy to say something uh, so uh, succinctly. And in the moment, I don't know if it really it really hits you. And then about a few hours later, you're like, wow, he just really whittled it all right down to in that one sentence. Uh, and the way he put it was really smart and but also just really cut through all the nonsense so anyway there are about three or four things in this interview that at the time i i heard him say it and i was yeah yeah oh yeah uh uh-huh yeah but then i really thought about it and i don't know if you had that 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 impact yeah uh, or that that sensibility from it but i I haven't listened to joe on various podcasts yeah i think it's called extreme i mean he's a very very smart guy yeah uh I but it's but but as you know, you could be smart and not be able to 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 make something really uh, clear and concise, and that and that and that's what Jeff does so well, Ogilvy, yeah. and it's what Joe does. They 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 have that. Uh, it's just a natural gift to just uh, take all this and and really hit one key point on on. Uh, I mean, he may you know ramble a little bit to build play out his thoughts, but. There, there's some lines in that podcast that I, I actually already mentioned to a writer. You're, you're going to want to listen to this. There's some, there's some, uh, there's some very interesting thoughts, and and uh, he drops a little bit of news in in there too about the Dell match play. So, uh, you, I'm, lo- 
I'm going to listen to it again. I can't wait. <laughs> the, uh, I think Joe spent four, four or five Thanksgivings with uh, Warren Buffett, so uh, that's where he probably gets his succinct thought. And uh, yeah, a, I, a... I should have pressed him his his love of Charlie Munger, though. Uh, Charlie's got the yeah the, the whole thing with the UCSB dorm with no windows. I needed to press uh, Joe on that whole wacky thing. That's that's uh, but he loves his Charlie Munger. You you hate Charlie Munger because you've well, got you, yeah, yeah, I hang used on. to watch him drive a cart all over LA North while we were trying to do work out there and i'm like who is this guy and they go oh, that's charlie munger uh, you don't want to oh yeah i don't know i'm not going to get into it with him but maybe he doesn't need to drive his cart on the fringe the uh yeah because you've got your entire fortune in crypto and charlie's such a crypto skeptic that's the uh... uh well i do admire that about him and he was uh very much uh accurate on that one uh, although i subscribe to lewis black's philosophy that if you can't if it, explain it in one sentence <laughs> it, yeah. it's bs right uh, anyway uh, we'll 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 leave it at that and pass it on to uh, this week's uh, friend of the pod uh mr joe ogilvy former pga tour player Joe Ogilvy, friend of the pod. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Uh, I, I guess very quickly, uh, I should tell the listeners that uh, your former PG Tour pro, uh, now retired. I, I did Google you this morning, Joe. There's not a lot. I, mean, I have to. I mean, great career, but I, I did come up with a 2008 Tim Rosefort, the, the late great story, um, and in which you're mentioned as a, a potential future commissioner of the PGA Tour. Do you remember those days? I, I uh, they're distant, distant memories, distant memories. But uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I probably remember that article and the late great Tim Rosenford. He was a great guy, great guy. The uh, you were also a, a member of the Player Advisory Council and the Policy Committee. So your bona fides as uh, someone who is interested in more than just uh, hitting greens and regulation is as well established. Uh, I was taken struck by your Twitter feed over the weekend, just in uh, relation to all these uh, this the proposed changes to the the PGA Tour generational changes. Would you agree with that? Um, with that uh, description? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think in some ways it is. In some ways, it's just um, you know, kind of it, it's just a different wrapper, right? I mean, I, I think that you have um, you have reduced fields. On eight of, you know, if we get to eight events that are reduced fields as opposed to the four WGCs, but more or less you have, you're going to have somewhat of a, of a schedule that you had in 2018, really, aren't you? I mean, you have, most people played the LA Open back then, it was the Nissan and now it's the Genesis. So, so most people played the Genesis, most people played the Memorial when Arnold was alive, everybody played the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and then you probably played the Wells Fargo. Um, generally speaking, and now, and then you had the four WGCs and now you, you know, I think that you, you've changed it a little bit. And what, what the biggest change is, I think is, is that you've gone to a calendar year schedule, which they needed to do anyway. So you've reduced the number of tournaments and then you've had these eight elevated events in a condensed schedule. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're very big changes. But it's it's still it's it's I don't think the tournaments have necessarily changed a whole lot. The um, um, actually the change we all know why the changes have been put in place. Uh, it's in response to live. I I wonder uh, 
just looking at the trajectory of of Liv over the last say twelve months, nine months, eight months, uh, it seems to me that it seems to be a very radical change in the PG tour. Is it? I mean, is it is a response to a danger that no longer exists or is is diminishing? I mean, it seems so radical, and you know, and Liv doesn't seem as much of a threat anymore. Because if you look at it, all the players that the PGA Tour would want to keep right now have all committed their, let's say, medium-term future to the PGA Tour. So Rory, Spieth, JT, Tiger, Scotty. Um, And I just wonder if it's maybe just a bit of an overreaction. Well, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, Saudi Arabia has... A lot of money. I don't. I don't think that they have unlimited funds, as, as most people have have reported. But they have. They have a lot of money, and and you know, I think they're they're also. I mean, if you read the history of their investments, I mean, they're they're very stubborn. Um, in, in terms of once they invest, they don't they don't they don't cut out um, very easily. So I think Live is probably going to be around. Um, and I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think what the PGA Tour is really worried about is all of a sudden, if, if Greg Norman were to, to exit stage left, I think the animosity around Liv probably has ratcheted down a lot. And, um, you know, I think also what's what hasn't been reported much is I think the PGA Tour policy board, especially the independent directors, gave Jay Monahan the marching orders that said, look, you need to stop the flow of talent from the PGA tour to live. And you need to do that today. And, you know, more or less he's, 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 he's done that, right. You've, you've, you've had a couple guys go, but once the, the latest, you know, I guess Bryson Brooks and that crew left, he's, he's the, it basically abated the, the, um, the people that have gone to live and, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think live is, is here for certainly the next two or three years. And, um, obviously the PGA tour reacted to that. But if that's the case, Joe, um, they, they, so what they came up with were non-mandatory events to play, um, and no cut. Uh, so there's a guaranteed check for appearing. Um, weren't there, aren't there, more creative ways to have addressed this than compromising the thing that you were just saying a year ago, not you, the tour, uh, the meritocracy concept, which uh, they were touting as the difference, <clears throat> and which we know as longtime observers of the game that, yeah, maybe it's not perfect, but there is something to the the energy and the dynamic of, a, of an event when there's a cut and there's a full field and you have some qualifiers and you have some sponsor invites and some journeymen and you have some rookies and you have stars. It just feels like they're throwing out um, a, a lot of things that got them to this point. And I don't really see how their things that, that they've added would t- retain the talent, I guess is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. I think what they're thinking is that we're going to be <clears throat> short term smart and hopefully not long term stupid with this. Um, and I think they argue that if they, if they, stop the the bleed of guys going to live they can always iterate on this and if this is what it takes to stop the stop the bleeding so to speak so be it we'll we'll figure out a we'll figure something out for the next two or three years i mean you know we went through this with i mean i i, I listened to peter malnati um talked to alan shipnick and and uh i read the article that what he did with alan um Shupak. 
or Adam Shupak, sorry. Um, and, and, you know, the same thing was said when the WGCs were around. And then the same thing was said when the FedEx Cup was around, that you're getting your better players to play more often. You couldn't guarantee that they would play the WGCs, but you could basically, you know, guarantee that they could play the WGCs. We still don't know the points totals for next year. We don't know a lot of things, so the devil will be in the details. But, I mean, look, I, I go back to... You know, there's an old, you know, one of my heroes, Charlie Munger, always says, you know, whenever you have a problem, always invert it. And, you know, I mean, look, the best tournament in the world, arguably, outside of the Open Championship is the Masters. And um, the Masters is is patrons first, then golf course, then members, then play, uh, players. <laughs> I mean, I think the players are, are, are basically last. and what they do is they create this wonderful environment for the players to showcase their skills. And, um, everything has to do with making, I mean, even I mean, I got a tour last year, the journalists, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing what they've done and, um, and, and who they kind of cater to. And the players are kind of last in that, in that respect. And yet it's the best tournament in the world. You go to the open championship and, you know, tickets are relatively inexpensive. They sell as many as they as they can possibly sell. Um, you know, there's no not a whole lot of uh, frills for the players, and yet it's the way golf should be played. It's kind of brilliant, really. Um, the way the PGA Tour's done it, I mean, they're 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 catering to the stars first, and then you you kind of it's the trickle down theory. Um, you know didn't really work with the WGCs, or at least, you know, that's been proven a fact there's no longer anymore with the announcement of a tournament near and dear to my heart, Austin, uh, the, the match play being ended today. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how these play out and what they do. Will they rotate? Will they, you know, what what will these designated events look like? And, and that's that's yet to be publicly available. Well, you, you set me up then for, for my one of the questions I really wanted to ask you because you're in Austin. Um, I've been to that event. Uh, it's an amazing turnaround for the match play that struggled. They finally found a, a city and a venue that worked. They found an amazing sponsor that pumped a lot of money into the build-out and making that difficult site work. And so, Joe, what I'm, I'm struggling with here is we're, we're, they're so obsessed with getting all this money to players we know the WGC model collapsed essentially because there's so few people who can afford that sponsorship price and to uh, invest in the tournament, not just the players. So I guess what I'm asking you as a, as a, as a, as a businessman and a former player, uh, how is this model that they're moving to sustainable when here you have an example of a great turnaround, a success story, um, couldn't have gone any better really to me. And, and yet I don't see the Avenue where there are the companies that can afford what they're going to be asking for going forward. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but it's, it's also the premiumization premiumization of the world, right? I mean, there's a reason why Bernard all know is the richest person in the world. I mean, he's kind of rotating with Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, it's he says high price. <laughs> yeah. He, says, he sells high price handbags and, you know, pe people want to see the best of the best. And, you know, when you when you are marketing to something that we can more or less guarantee the top players on the PGA Tour are going to play this such and such event, it's it's almost easier to find that sponsor 
than it is a regular tour event. And I know that's very, very strange, but I mean, when, when the news broke that we were going to lose the tournament here in Austin, there were three sponsors that called and asked how much, and when it was quoted 20 million plus, they didn't blink. Wow. Um, now granted it was Austin, Texas. It was an amazing event. I mean, it'll do, I mean, I, I know the numbers of the WGC. So before it moved to Austin, it was in San Francisco. The PJ Tour lost $5 million in San Francisco. Um, this year, the PJ Tour is going to make over $4 million. It's going to do over $28 million in top line revenue. Um, and Dell never got a chance to re-up. So, oh. you know, for those events, those those elite events, I, they, they, will, they will be able to find... They will they will be able to find eight eight sponsors at twenty million plus I think I mean there's 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 plenty there now it'll be it'll remain to be seen whether they'll be able to find the other sponsors and what the fall looks like and all that kind of stuff I'd be more worried about the the secondary events yeah. than with primary events mm. and you could always go to the proud pot partner model right you get three people and right, th- right. three corporations go from there the uh well, that's why i think the majors are in a great spot because they're 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 going to be a lot of great sponsors that want to go to them for for that proud partner less money kind of deal and much way more eyeballs and well uh, uh, part of history it, and if you're the pga tour and you, you've basically made the majors more valuable not less yeah it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting model uh, in case study. Um, you, you've got a you've got an organization that that willingly has made someone else's tournaments more valuable. Yeah, Joe, um, just sorry, I interrupt you. Uh, just to move on a little bit, the uh, so the marketing pitch for this new structure is uh, these elevated events are going to be amazing, and on by the way, the second tier events are going to be much more interesting. There's going to be more storylines, more playing potential playing potential rather um i went to a million wgc's events and the best one was the match play but the rest of them joe were terrible they were awful the 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 narrative of them 70 guys started on day one 25 guys played themselves out in day one another 20 guys played themselves out in day two and by the sunday i mean this is a generalization but they were generally they didn't have much soul these events, and I just I don't see the delineation between those events and these events. Would you agree with that, or can you see some way in which these events will be extra special? Well, it's going to be it's 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 you know I don't know number one I don't know where they are. I mean it, it's it seems to be Pebble Beach is going to be one. I think Dallas is going to be the other or another one. Um, you know Peter Malinelli said something like it's going to go. You know he he kind of had a. a there's a cadence to them that I guess is going to be elevated three regular yeah. elevated players are major and then three. And then, so that's, that seems to me Dallas and I mean, maybe, maybe Hartford, I don't know, uh, maybe Canada uh, or no Canada can't be because it's a Canadian open, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, look, I think um, it's really hard to take an existing event and all of a sudden like, okay, we're now shinier. Um, we're now, um, we're now better. And what does that mean? Cause you certainly had a certain culture. I mean, every event has a culture and depending on, on the culture and the city, quite frankly, I mean, are we in a good ballpark or a bad ballpark? Okay. What's yeah. the golf course look like? What's, 
there's a lot of intangibles. What's the tournament director look like? What's the host organization look like? Um, there's a lot that, that you can do, um, to make these tournaments look, look bigger. And of course the first year it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of buzz, right? Yeah. Cause the media is going to behind them. I mean, the media was behind all the WGCs when they were first around, but you know, I think we're in an era where right now we have what I, I call a collective. So collectively the PGA tour is really, really good on paper, but we don't have that. I mean, you don't have Arnold Palmer, you don't have Tiger Woods, and you don't have, you know, Jack Nicklaus, right? You don't have that that person on tour that you have to see. But yeah. you have a bunch of collective great players that if you put them all together, you know, probably still doesn't add up to Tiger, but it's pretty pretty good. Um, and I think that's what they're gambling on. It'll, it'll take two years to really figure out if it's if it's really good. And they, they will iterate on this thing ad nauseum. I mean, you know, you, you'll see eligibility change every year for the next three or four years. I mean, that that is a 100 percent given. Um, it has no chance of not changing. Actually, you well, you're talking. I was just thinking you've slightly convinced me that, that the match play at, at Austin was infinitely better than the match play at Dove Mountain. You know, just as a spectacle. Uh, oh. Yeah, but but you you so that point is well taken. Uh, the uh, you, you mentioned earlier, Joe, that you're slightly worried about these second tier events. In what way is that? Just you know, in getting sponsors or in in their general appeal. Yeah, I think I think getting sponsors um, will definitely be. I mean, look, in a zero interest rate world, it's very easy to to get sponsors. I mean, that's 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 not very hard lifting. But when you have interest rates going up, when you, when you have, um, you know, maybe the free flow of money is not as quite as easy as it was, you know, three, four, five years ago. Um, it's just going to be harder. I mean, you know, money money is is more dear, and so. Um, the risk-free rate being six percent or five and a half percent, probably by the end of this year, it's just going to be a little bit harder to um, get corporations to to shell out, you know, ten to twelve million dollars for a, a secondary event. I mean, the, what the PJ Tour has done is they've regulated some of these events as, as secondary, and the two-tier system of the PGA Tour, and it's. If you're a really, there's three now, right? I mean, you've got the elevated events and the majors and the players and the playoffs, and then the regular events, and then you have the fall events, whatever those are going to be. Um, you know, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what the, the the final numbers are there. But I, I do think that you're going to have more difficulty with the secondary events than you are the primary events. Hmm. Well, I, you know, or I'm struggling still, though, Joe, as I'm just back on all this money going to players. So let's take another example. Let's forget the corporations that are sponsoring. Let's think of, let's look at NBC. So CBS has been spending money on broadcasts. Yeah. They just had a fantastic West Coast swing. I mean, I had a, I had a woman, a marshal, come up to me uh, standing behind the eighth green of Riviera, and we, we started chatting. And then she goes, Can you explain to me this amazing looking thing where the players in focus? 
and the rest is not and why it looks so beautiful on my TV. And I said, well, you're not alone. And, you know, they spend a lot of money and they have these new cameras and they're letting the guys get out there and be aggressive. And so they're spending money. And then you have NBC that's not spending money. Um, they couldn't even have tracers on the tees anymore last week. Now they'll have a, everything at the players. But week to week, their product is suffering. And, and part of it is they're paying a very large rights fee. And so I guess I'm just back on this notion of once you, you, you give so much money to the players, um, this investment around the sport sort of dies, and then the actual product itself is chipped away at. Um, and that's what I'm struggling to understand how the tour do they do are they aware of this kind of thing? Do they do they care? Or are they just in such a crisis mode right now that this is all they can think about? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think I think the last twelve months has been ready, fire, aim. Yeah. Um, let's let's just take as much money as possible and dull it out. And again, you go back to incentives. When the board tells the commissioner stop the flow of players, the commissioner thinks one thing: I'm going to hit it with a money cannon, even though the person I'm trying to compete against has a bigger money cannon. Um, that's why you get the pip. At, I mean, the pip is ridiculous. Um, you get it at a hundred million dollars um, and and various things, and it's. You know, there, there's ways to pay the players, um, you know, and, and you don't just kind of have to shoot $100 million through, through the system. Um, there's ways to incentivize them. There's ways to do things. But ultimately, what the players really want, and, you know, I, everybody has FOMO. And if you, if you invest in the product, and you, when I say the product, the way your tournaments are seen by the viewing audience, the fan, and you make that the best experience you possibly can, ultimately there's going to be more money for the players. And ultimately there's going to be more money from the players both on the field and off the field. And that's that's the key thing. I mean, I go back to invert it. What makes the Masters great? Well, you can see every hole. You can see, I mean, it's just amazing what they've done. It's easier to do a fixed tournament with one course. Right. Um, but, again they've they've done that and and they've um you know i don't think if if jay could do anything to the players um outside of just hitting them with a money cannon I, he could really explain how the pga tour is going to invest in them the players and the tournaments and the viewing audience and make it better for them um because you're right i mean nbc and cbs there's a there's a definite difference in and and quality it used to be nbc right yeah, invested more money, um, which is interesting because, you know, CBS is a Viacom organization and, and, and they don't have nearly the money that Brian Roberts and NBC no. has. Um, so we'll see if that that holds true. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, look, quality, quality, quality and, and fan viewing experiences is, is, is very, very important. The you're talking there about it's uh oh it's kind of panic mode fire a money cannon at them well two things has happened to me two things have appeared to have happened they fired a power cannon at the players I mean the players are well a small cabal of contemporary elite players are basically in charge now do 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 you think that's a good thing you know, I think it's really interesting, and I was thinking about back when I played. I mean, Tiger Woods would not have been caught dead on the policy board. Yeah. It was so much. It was so much noise, and he wanted to do one thing. He wanted to win, 
and he was going to do everything he could to put himself in the best position to win. I mean, Rory is is almost the default commissioner, or at least the spokesman, and it, it's a it's amazing how he's been able to keep up the form that he that that he keeps up with. Um, I I I don't know. It, it, it's very interesting. I mean, when when you're a commissioner, when you're Jay. Jay would react to this very differently than if Dean Beeman was there. Right. This is what I'm getting. Because Dean, Dean Beeman can, could put his – he's been there before. He understands how a player thinks. He understands how these guys think. And he could give them a counter-argument to everything they say. Um, Jay's never been – you know, it's um, – he's never been in their arena. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's different. And so when you're faced with a – what I think they called it an existential threat with Liv, you know, he's got to look at these guys and he's got to listen to them, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that same, he can't look at them in the eye and say, I understand what you're going through and I understand what your, 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 your topics are and your, your hot button issues. Um, but hang on, hang on, Joe. Wasn't Finch on the same? He was more on the, the Beeman side of things. He was, you know, he was more in control. It strikes me, or strikes outside observers, that Jay Monahan has completely handed over control, uh, and it's perhaps not the best interest of the the whole tour. That's that's you know at the forefront. Does that? I mean, you were around. Yeah. You and Finchin were pretty tight, I think. Well, again, you, <laughs> I know you had arguments, but but you know what I mean. Yeah, we. We, Is he we tight were, with anyone? <laughs> yeah, we were. We were. T- Tim and I were tight for a spell, um, and then we didn't see Ida on a couple things. But yeah. it, it was, um, you know, I think that you know Tim had the luxury of being commissioner in the Tiger Woods era. Okay, and and he didn't have he didn't have competition. I mean, you know, when when Tiger came on the tour, all of a sudden the the TV dollars got to be so enormous that you just buried the European tour. Um, I mean, you think in the late '90s. I mean, the European tour was on, or bef- 1996, call it, was on par with the PGA tour. I mean, the Champions Tour in 1993 was, on from a revenue standpoint, was on par with the PGA tour. So, you know, uh, once Tiger happened, every everything changed, and then, um, you know, for for the PGA tour, once Live happened, everything has kind of kind of changed, and we'll we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think that Liv is made somewhat of a strategic error. I know they have to feel like they have to go to the United States, but I mean, look, the rest of the world is wide open yeah. for good golf. I mean, have you I seen? Mean, it, have you seen the response in Australia? I mean, yeah, it, I mean, the ticket sales are huge. They're talking about building a, an arena, one of the holes or wherever it is in Adelaide they're playing. I mean, they yeah, yeah, and and two other cities have reached out and they want to do events as well. I mean, so. So you you have the rest of the world that's just you know I don't know what the DP World Tour is going to do. Um, this doesn't seem much of a partnership here yeah. with the people tour, but um, the rest of the world is just wide open for world golf. I mean it's 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 pretty. I think that's the most interesting thing. I mean the United States is obviously the PGA Tour is near and dear to my heart. I played on it, but you know if I'm going to invest in something, the rest of the world is very interesting. I think. Joe, if you had, if you were representing a sponsor and you know this this trend where they're going, um, and you're, you're you're saying goodbye to the rest of the world, letting live have that, or maybe what's left of the DP World Tour. But if you were, if if a sponsor came to you and said, um, "I want to sponsor an event," what 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 would you say, and what would be the things that you would 
you know, in this climate, um, I guess, protect them from or direct them to or in general, what what would you be looking to say, OK, that's a good uh, value for your money. That one's not. What, what are the priorities? Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, you know, in the, in the men's game, I, I, you'd have to see what's out there, right? And what's available and what the, what the corporation's trying to do. Um, I think the best bang for the best bang for the buck in golf period is probably the LPGA tour. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I would probably direct him wow. towards the LPGA tour, um, first, and then, you know, if look, if they're talking $50 million in activation and everything else, yeah, you, you do a program and you try to find you try to find an elevated event, quite frankly. Yeah. And you probably if you're smart and you're a corporation, you'd probably be directed to an elevated event and try to influence the elevated event to be a little bit, um, you know, maybe it's a hundred person field. Maybe it's a hundred and ten person field with a cut. You'd want to be you want to differentiate yourself that way. Yeah. You don't want to be just another event, I think. And, and, and that's the problem with designated events is you run the risk of, you know, there's four majors. Then there's the Players Championship, which used to be the best field in golf. Now it's no longer the best field in golf. Um, and now there's eight elevated events. So you, you know, you, you become ordinary, even though you're elevated. Right. I mean, yeah. Trying to find that's what the match play was interesting is that and that's why we tried to save it is like, look, you've got are you going to have really 34 weeks of 72 hole golf next year? Is that the is yep. that the, is that what we're going for? I mean, that's you know, that is a that is a person in Ponte Vedra that really doesn't. I mean, he's a marketer and he's probably yeah. thinking this is going to be great. This is how we're going to do it and we're going to model it out and it's this is why it's going to be wonderful. And then, you know, as you're a fan, you're kind of like, huh, well, that's kind of boring. Um, so I think that, again, you go back to invert the problem and, and we are listening. You've got to listen to the players, but at the same time, you, you've got to be able to talk to the players and just say, and, and, and educate, either educate or communicate to them why, Hey, I know this sounds good, but we're going to do it this way because ultimately long-term, this is going to be the best for you best for the PGA Tour, and best for the fan, more importantly. But this gets back to the point, about, but Jay Monaghan is not in a position to do that. He he can't he cannot persuade the players because the players are now all powerful. Our, that small elite group of players are all powerful. And to me, the proposed changes, as laid out so far, uh, are kind of half-baked. Again, you've spoken about it this, uh, over the last few days on your Twitter feed. What happens at the bottom end? What happens with the FedEx Cup? What happens with the Corn Ferry Tour guys? That's all. What's happening with the fall events? It's all, you, you know, these are things that we're only seven months away from the fall season. It's, it just seems crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, well, really, what are we, four months away, really? So we got, well, I guess, yeah, six months away. But you have, you, you don't know what you're playing for. And so when you're, when you're dealing with, when you go into a communication cycle and you're 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 cutting fields, and you're at, you're putting these designated events and you're you're making them seventy to eighty person fields, you know your middle guy and the bottom guy and and the rookies are now thinking like, okay, obviously I want to get up there in those designated field events, but how do I do it? 
and those guys don't even know how they're going to, what the, what the progress is for field sizes next year. They don't know what eligibility is for next year. I, I, I I've heard that it's still 125 after the fall. I, I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, and then you've got 30 corn Ferry tour cards and then you've got 10 uh, DP world tour cards. Um, so there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of noise. And so you have a lot of change and the only way um, you've got to be able to communicate that, that this is what we're doing. And so those bottom guys feel like, okay, I'm playing for something. I know what I have to do. There's a clear, there's a clear thing. I mean, I know when I tee off in a tournament, 65 in ties, I get to play Friday and Saturday or sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Um, right now, I don't know what gets me to the next year. If I finish 71st on the money list, what does that mean? Or 71st on the FedEx Cup points list after the Wyndham this year, what does that mean for me? What does that get me in? Does it get me in, you know, um, I got to go to the fall and how far can I fall back in the fall? If I'm 125, does that get me in? I think that still gets you in, but you know, there was talk that it was going to go to 100 or 120, you know, 110. I would have thought that the PGA Tour, we don't know if there's going to be opposite field events next year. I mean, there, there's the tour always wants bloat, right? And, you know, they've concentrated on the on the, on the the best players in the world, and, and they should. But at the same time, there's a way to do this that you're going to tick some guys off at the bottom. You're probably going to lower playing opportunities. But at the end of the day, you know, maybe maybe what you should do is take out the opposite field events, throw that money down to the Corn Ferry Tour, let them play for, you know, one point five to two million dollar purses. Um, maybe you combine with a DP tour on some on some things. I don't know. But there's a way to do this that I think is um, you're not going to make everybody happy. But, um, you know, if you make everybody just a little bit angry, that's not a bad thing either. Um Joe, last thing, we've taken a lot of your time and you have a, a, an actual job to get back to. But in that job, uh, when you're looking at something to invest in, um, and obviously when you have a conversation with the other side, they're not going to tell you everything. But Lawrence and I have talked at length on this show where uh, <clears throat> it feels like the tour never had any kind of a long range plan or they, you know, do they, in the corporate world, do people, send off a group of, of, of outside the box thinkers and say, all right, figure out what our five worst case scenarios are and what we would do in case those happen. Because it feels like in this case, they never did that. And they had plenty of time knowing what was cooking. Um, and I'm, I'm curious what, what as, you know, on the investment side, would you invest in this knowing that they're kind of making this up as you go? Does that, and does that undermine their ability to possibly, get sponsors and, and their long-term uh, well-being? Well, look, what they do have going for them is they're a brand, right? I mean, they and, and they're always going to get, and they're, they're incumbent. They're known as the best tour in the world. They're always going to get the benefit, or they're at least for the foreseeable future going to get the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I think that, you know, it's weird, but Ponte Beach doesn't have a very high golf IQ. They've got yeah. one or two guys in there i mean jason gore is probably the smartest guy there in terms of golf iq and you know 
I think they listened to him. I think it was his idea, actually, for the idea that you've got these three tournaments and those three tournaments can help get the top five into an elevated bit. I mean, that was Jason Gore's idea. You could tell a player thought of that, or at least I think they did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you would think, but at the same time, Jeff, keep in mind, the tour has had literally no competition yeah. since yeah. Um, 1996. You know, so when you have no competition and you get, you tend to get lazy and you, t- not, not lazy might be the bad word, but you Complacent, just get, yeah. get lethargic. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, there's, there's a reason why, um, you know, someone once said Coca-Cola is uh, like, you know, I'd, I'd love to buy Coca-Cola, fire everyone and, and run it with three people. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful business. And, you know, you could, you could run the PGA tour with a, a lot more efficient and run it better but when you have no competition mm. you tend to make you, you know you just get lethargic and you and your yeah. your product gets stale i mean look at the look at the digital product i mean the 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 app and the um you know pjtour.com has all of a sudden been refreshed in the last three months and it you know it's pretty good um or certainly a lot better than it was for 12 years yeah yeah the uh so, I, I, I we'll close this up, Joe. But I, I get the sense that you're you're pretty skeptical. I don't know uh, of all this, and not a huge fan of the current PT Tour leadership. Would that is that fair assessment? You know, I look. I'm I'm very I'm very positive on the PGA Tour leadership as 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 as, as people. Um, but I think Jay. I think Jay at the beginning of this lift thing took it. You know, I think it took everything personally. And, um, you know, I think he kind of got flat, caught flat footed. I also think that and, and a lot of people would disagree with this and I totally get it. Why? But, you know, if you've got someone, you know, Jeff said, if I've got a sponsor and how are you going to how are you going to allocate their sponsorship dollars? If I've got a, someone that wants to spend three billion dollars in my sport. Not not million, but billion. I take a meeting. Mm. And. I don't know where that meeting goes, but I take the meeting. Um, and you wonder if you did take the meeting, where, wh- you know, where, where would we be? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think that, and, and I realize that's a controversial. <laughs> it's probably a controversial statement, but um, no, not really. I, I, I think I think you have to <laughs> take true. the meeting, and because he didn't take, take the meeting, um, here's where we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, mean, I, I think that was. A... I, I, that's the original sin in my eyes. That is the original sin of all of this. Uh, you know, if the meetings had been taken back, you know, a couple of years ago, then we might we might not be here. Um, and that's not a meeting, by the way, with the Crown Prince. That's a meeting with Andy um, and Gardner and the guys at, at PGL. We're not even talking about a direct meeting <laughs> with a evil dictator. It's some people representing a group that that he was one of several investors in. Yeah, and you look at you look at it. I mean, the PGA Tour it's very strange. I mean, you know, you you, you know, ten years ago they were probably in more foreign markets than they're going to be in 2014. I mean, we're, we're we're Scottish Open, and you got a tournament in Mexico, and I guess you're going to have another tournament in Mexico, and you've got the RBC Canadian Open, which you know that's pretty much North America, and then one Scottish Open, obviously the Open Championship, but I don't count that as our event. 
So it's very weird. I mean, you've, you maybe I guess maybe you've got the Zozo too in Japan, but that's falls. So that's different. Um, you know, you could have come up with something really, really interesting if you went to a calendar year and then you went to, um, I mean, global golf is starved for, for, for great players and great fields. And I just, I just go back to that. I think it's a really interesting thing. I mean, if you're, that's where the green field is in the sport. I'm yeah. not sure it's, I'm not sure it's in the United States. Okay. I think we'll, uh, we'll probably, Jeff, have you got anything else? We'll keep no, that no, time. that's great. Listen, that'll be, uh, it's going to be a, a constantly moving uh, target here. So uh, great conversation, though. Thank you, Joe. Hey, Joe, before yeah. you go, just quickly to all the listeners, right? I, I have this constantly evolving, uh, my top three favorite golf podcasts. But an ever-present in that is the episode one of uh, Castro's uh, Course Record podcast with Joe Ogilvie. I swear uh, to God, I- it's brilliant. I re- <laughs> highly recommend everybody goes and listen to it. It's Course Record, the business of golf. Joe Ogilvy talking about Warren Buffett. I can't. I just we love that story. I, I mean, we play it all the time that podcast. So, well, I appreciate. It. I appreciate that's what Roberto, Roberto and Dan they do a good job. Yeah, that was a that was a really uh, a really uh, yeah brilliant podcast. Anyway, brilliant to have you on, Joe. Uh, maybe we'll get you on again sometime soon when all of this shakes out. And you're the commissioner of the third leg of the global the global golf world. You the world tour. <laughs> Commissioner Joe Ogilvie. God, God, God help us all. God help yeah. us all. <laughs> anyway, all the best. Hey, thanks, guys. I thanks, Joe. Then I